award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching and listening. we got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, it's all about shed hunting, post-season deer scouting, and then getting ready for turkey season. It's a good transition period right here for folks to get outdoors if they want to prepare for the next one and, and reflect on the one past. So That's right. Bump up your skills a little bit for Easter egg hunting coming. There you go. Years. There you go. It's a little Easter egg practice, Easter egg <laughs> hunting practice. But yeah, uh, I'm excited to have Lieutenant Colonel Dale Grandstaff with us today. And Mr. Barry Cross is helping co-host as well. And Don, you got the... You got the you're getting a little closer to me over here. A little sliding around. Yeah, a little radio <laughs> shout out this morning. WJJM, where it all started with the Wildcast Extras. Um, the uh, uh, we we run on WJJM in Lewisburg. Thanks to uh, Jeff and Missy Hayslip, they run a great radio station down there yeah. in uh, Marshall County. Yeah, right in uh, Barry's neck of the woods there. Uh, <laughs> The extras run 7.40 a.m. and 4.40 p.m. every day, every weekday on WJJM. And the uh, full Wildcast runs on Saturday mornings. Awesome. Yeah, we appreciate our radio partners. 8 a.m. Yep. Yeah. Especially that one. Kind of got, got us kicked off a little bit. You With know? the extras, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Jeff's idea. And uh, we, we, you know, been doing it ever since. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. And um, real quick, while we've got some... Uh, public service announcements the the license if you don't know if you don't remember they went to a 365 license they're good from the date of purchase 365 days so right uh you used to expire uh, coming up february into february but that doesn't happen anymore it's expires from the from the date of purchase so right uh so make sure you get you get your license it's a good time of year to to uh renew and uh, if you were used to the old system, it's probably going to auto-renew now anyway if you've got that set up. And that's a cool feature. You can auto-renew the license, and it's ready to go for you the next season. But um, e-store is always out there at shop.goroutdoorstennessee.com. You can pick up a Wildcast hat or any other TWRA swag. So go check that out. And I think that's all the announcements. All right. All right. Like I said, we got Mr. Dale Grandstaff with us, Lieutenant Colonel, and, and Barry with us today. Barry, I was talking to Barry, and I said, hey, we got some ideas for a show. He said, yeah, let's get uh, Dale in there and talk about uh, shed, hunting. shed hunting. So, yeah. And I said, yeah, and post-season scouting. And then I texted him, and I said, hey, how about we add turkey in there, too? So yeah. <laughs> it's a good mix today. A little bit of everything. Hey, we can talk fishing, too, because fishing's yep. starting to get good. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's just Tennessee is probably one of the best places for outdoor sports and hunting and fishing. So, you know, promote it all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited. Let's jump in with the shed hunting side of things and and uh i love it when somebody brings in visual aids you know dale's got some great stuff to to show so if you're just listening on the radio you need to check this one out online or or on the local tv station yeah definitely tune us in so you brought some props with you today we can start with those or really i just kind of want to know how you got into shed hunting i mean you're a deer hunter you grew up outdoors but I guess the 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 best thing for me to start this off with is shed hunting has become very popular over the past 10 years for sure, but 15 years really blown up everywhere. And 
one of the main things you need to make sure is have permission right. to go where you're looking. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and we have a thing called shed poaching where a lot of people are losing sheds off their property for people slipping in and getting them. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, when I was, uh, when I was a little kid, um, on my family farm, uh, when I was 12 years old, I found my first shed. I've got it. Uh, it is a spindly little bitty four point <laughs> side. It is tiny, but I've still got it. I've got it displayed on one of my shelves and I really didn't look anymore until around 2006. And in 2006, I'm like, I'm going to see if I can find a few this year. And, uh, Within a couple of days, I have still got the shed. It's one of the biggest sheds I've ever found in my life, and I've still got it. And when it was laying there, and I walked up on it, I kind of looked around. I thought, well, somebody's playing a trick on me, because there's not a deer around here this big, but it was. Wow. Um, so I confirmed the deer was real. That next fall, I saw it. Got mm-hmm. about 50 yards from it when it was in velvet. And I don't know that anybody ever harvested that deer, but I've still got the shed from 2006, and that's how I got into it. Yeah, yeah and, that, awesome. and that's kind of cool about shed hunting. You can actually, whether you killed a deer that year or not you can document what you got and i think a lot of shed hunting got popular because a lot of people are letting letting deer walk yes there's more uh, sheds on the landscape and you know if you find it that deer is going to be there next year so you have this excitement of okay is this deer going to get bigger is he going to get smaller how old is he um and typically i look at is if i find a shed that i think is a three and a half year old then that deer's probably reached his shape and his form but i know he's going to get more massive every year maybe throw a kicker on here and there but when he's at three and a half and i find that three and a half year old shed i think this is the deer this is what he's got but he's gonna put more mass on is that what you see generally generally in the area that i'm in i'm in the montgomery uh stewart uh robertson sumner this northern middle tennessee to me um, like I've told everybody, that is where I wanted to be ever since I was a little kid. I moved to Montgomery County, sight unseen. I'd never been there. I just went strictly by deer numbers, deer statistics. <laughs> and when it came open, when I was in college and school, <laughs> I said, if I get on with Tita Bray and Montgomery County comes open, that's where I'm going to go. I'm there. And so I moved there. I didn't know anybody. Moved into town and had no connections with anybody. But that's where I've you, been you for did 24 pull, years. You pulled those statistics because I, I pulled those statistics. And Montgomery <laughs> County is up there every year in the top 10, if not one or two. It's up there uh, as a county that kills more big deer every year than any other counties. So. My, my baseline was it was the county that killed, harvested the most 10 points or more. Mm-hmm. every year and it still is even with the population growth there and the uh, development of all the farms it's still got a huge amount of 10 point plus animals yeah. being harvested um, so that was my main draw mm-hmm. yeah yeah and well you know and that's why you shed hunt now because you don't kill as many deer as you used to I, <laughs> I don't get to well the first year i was there uh the first full hunting season mm-hmm. um, i shot a deer with a bow and a buddy he let me go hunt with him and two bucks walked up and i knew he was after this one big 10 point and i it was 10 yards away i let it walk walk by me oh man and this big eight came up behind it i shot the eight and he got aggravated at me why didn't you shoot the 10 i said well it's your farm and you want to shoot it so i didn't shoot it but that eight was the biggest deer i'd ever harvested Mm -hmm. that was archery that fall or you know a few weeks later months later uh muzzleloader hunt i shot a nine pointer it was the largest then yep. the largest buck I'd ever uh-huh. harvested. Then I shot one on Fort Campbell. First buck on Fort Campbell. It was the largest buck I'd ever harvested. <laughs> then I shot one at the end of the season with a rifle because you could kill three mm-hmm. plus mm-hmm. one at Fort Campbell. And the one at the end of the season was the largest I'd ever harvested. Wow. So I said, I got to reevaluate. I got to back <laughs> up because this is not what I'm used to. Yeah. So uh, since then, I'm, I'll go after one a year or uh, rarely get two, but one a year or so is what I'm kind of after. 
So how does how does finding these aid you in in your next year's hunt? I mean, if does you, it? If you find them, you know they're going to be there. And I'll kind of jump into this one real quick. This yeah. is my this one is a two thousand a two thousand fourteen rack, and he had double drops. He broke the one off on the left, and he what I would assume is a three and a half year old deer with this rack. Mm-hmm. He dropped them. I found them. And so the summertime, I'm like, he's going to be around somewhere. Right. And in the summertime, I went looking for him, and I found him, had a camera with me, and took a picture of him. He was about 50 yards from me. He had the same drops, the same shape. That was in 2015. Able to slip in there on him. I slipped up on him. I had the wind right, and he just stepped out in front of me. Mm. So I did not find his sheds, but I had the picture of him. Mm-hmm. So I knew he was still around. I knew nobody had shot him. So then the following year, I went looking for his sheds again, and... About 50 yards from where I found the previous sheds. Lo and behold. I found these. And what this deer was doing. Wow. Double drops. Same deer. Uh, this is his 2016 rack. And what this deer was doing is he was going into a field and getting a dip. Yeah. And as you can see. Yeah, I don't know if you can get that in or not. But he was going into a spot he felt comfortable in a field and laying down and feeding and laying down and feeding. And he was just staying there. So these things dropped within a few feet of each other. Wow. And so um, so I knew he was still alive. And in 2017, I came to the NWTF. So the 2017 season, mm. he was harvested. Mm. And I did not see him. I didn't know it. And I came to the February 2018 NWTF banquet. And I looked, and I'm looking at all the, the mounts and displays. I'm like, I know that deer. And somebody <laughs> got him, and the taxidermist was displaying for the uh, taxidermy mm-hmm. uh, a show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I took a picture of the mount. So I've got a 2017, um, 2018 rack, 2017 rack. I've got his 2016 sheds. I got a 2015 picture, and I got his 2014 sheds. Right. Wow. And just a good, good story. And he didn't grow that many more inches after that first initial shed that I found, but he grew more mass. Just uh, every year a little bit more mass, a little, little mm. change, but but remained the same. Those mm. those two big giant drops out front. Well, you you talk about knowing that buck. You're able to see it, and like I know that buck. Mm. Talk about one of the other sheds you brought with us that, that you found, and then it helped lead to a uh, to a case. So, because you saw a picture and you're like, I know that buck. Yeah, this this is a <laughs> uh, a really good. I mean, this is a massive deer. I have never scored this deer. I'm gonna just say he's in the one seventies range or something like that. But just a lot of mass on this deer. Mm. Um, I found these sheds when they get this big and this heavy. If they drop one naturally, they're gonna start shaking their heads. And probably a lot of people have seen those. TikTok videos and YouTube mm-hmm. videos of the moose that are dropping. There's a couple of them out there. When they get this heavy and they drop one and they're ready to come off, they'll start shaking their head as they're walking along, and the other one will usually pop off. So when they get this heavy, you'll find them close. Just uh-huh. You find one, just start doing a big circle because the other one's somewhere close probably. Yeah. Now, if a deer like this walks into a field and there's another one that's similar and they walk up to each other, they're going to test each other. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. When they push against each other, if this deer's ready to come off, and they pop off right there, that maybe that that's why they they they're, they're laying together like that. It's probably he's okay. pushed against another deer and they just dropped on the uh-huh. ground. Yeah, about that. So 
when they come into the field together, they're going to push each other. And that's sometimes, so that's the way I found this one. I believe this deer was walking along. He dropped one. He shook his head, dropped the other one off. So very unique deer, very, very neat deer. Mm -hmm. And then, in, so I started looking for the deer, and I did not see him during the summertime. But a social media post posted this deer uh, that fall, the next fall. And I, I looked at him like, that is the deer that I had the sheds from. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did a little digging and read the social media post and it was the social media post claimed it was killed about 30 or 40 miles away from where I found the sheds. Uh -huh. So we started doing some interviews and <clears throat> then it was an illegal kill. Mm -hmm. uh, that was determined. It was adjudicated, lost privileges, lost uh, uh, paid fines. And, and But it was because we knew where those sheds came almost, from. Almost like fingerprint. I it mean, was. They're, you, they're unique. Yeah. And if you match these up, if you put these side by side, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, I don't know if he can get these in, in frame or not. But if you put these deer sort of side by side, I mean, it's no doubt what it is. Yeah. It's the exact, that brow tine on his left main beam matches the brow tine on this one up here. Mm -hmm. He grew a little bit more inches, a little bit more mass, but he still stayed the same. Yeah. 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 That's amazing how, how similar those are. Now, you talked about how you can document your deer and everything, but I, I've gone out and I've shed hunted, and, and I, I find last year's shed, or I find <laughs> nothing. And uh, <laughs> there's got to be an art to it, because I know you find a lot of sheds. You, you have to train your eye to find them. It's just like some people train their eyes to pick out uh, arrowheads if they're mm -hmm. walking across bare dirt. Or uh, you, you just train your eye to look for them, and you know what to look for, either a a point sticking up or the glare is a little different or the shape of the main beam. Um, what I've found is the best day to probably go is an overcast day and not a bright sunny day. Bright sunny day, everything in the woods is kind of has a glare to it. But on an overcast day, they stick out to me way better. Hmm. Um, early morning, uh, I know I've been turkey hunting before sitting in the woods. Here a turkey goblin still in the roost as it's starting to break daylight. There's no glare yet, uh -huh. and I've seen two or three scattered around the woods before. Mm -hmm. uh, just sitting there, just scanning the woods. Turkey season is a good time to pick them out because mm -hmm. you're in the woods. Uh, my recommendation to people is um, probably the best day to go. As far as overall, the amount of antlers on the ground would be St. Patrick's Day. That's my okay. kind of my key day to key in on. Uh -huh. um, you can find them before that. But most of them are going to be on the ground by St. Patrick's Day. Hmm. And this year tended to be a little earlier, right, Dave? Way, way earlier. The weather. The weather this year really stressed our deer out all over the state, especially this middle and western part of the state. But the deer got so stressed out that even at the end of the hunting season, we're seeing mm -hmm. bucks harvested that had already dropped their antlers. Um, a lot of big bachelor groups already together. Mm -hmm. um, the last week of the season or so, when it was snow on the ground and ice on the ground, we had a we had probably four or five huge bucks taken in Robertson, Sumner, Montgomery County that were already going to a food source mm -hmm. and already distressed. And right. uh, they would have probably dropped very soon had they not been taken by hunters. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, well, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, yeah. you mentioned, uh, 
you've already mentioned it a little bit the weight of the antler, but like mm-hmm. the older the deer, the easier it probably is going to fall off, right? It's and to, chances to of a certain, fall off together. Yes, to a certain degree. What I've noticed also is that the older the deer is, it's like older people and the bones aren't as dense. Mm, there you go. So the There's antlers that. aren't as dense, and so it seems like those are the ones that the squirrels like to really mm-hmm. eat on because it's like. Uh, just soft, softer mm-hmm. from the chew into. Oh, you brought one that some, yeah. some animals <laughs> got a hold of. The reason I brought this one is because I walked these woods and I did not find this shed. And this had been on the ground two, three, four years maybe. Yeah. But I walked these woods. I did not find this shed until it was in this state, this condition. Mm-hmm. And it was covered up by leaves, I'm sure. And But the animals had picked this up and drug it around and moved it around until it was on top of the leaves. And it was very easy to see. So you'll find a lot of these because they're bone white, Mm -hmm. leached out, and they just glow in the woods. Yeah. These that are dark colored, they're the harder ones to find if they're in the woods. Now, if they're in a field, depends on the field. Mm -hmm. If it's a cornfield, you might as well walk every row or just don't look because you're not going to be able to see them unless Mm -hmm. you walk up on them. If it's a wheat field, probably can find them pretty easy. If it's a bean field, very easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else can you find in the woods walking around looking for sheds? Do you do you scout? Scout. Um, if it's a if it's early season like February, March, and we get a little skiff of snow on the ground, mm-hmm. it's a really good time to see where your trails are because they stick out. Um, they're worn down. The leaves aren't puffy. The leaves are worn down where they've tra- they've traveled those trails, mm-hmm. and you can see the little trails off of the woods, and and that would be a good place to start during bow season. Um, find the trail they're going to be on, set up over that, rather than just guessing in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you talked about hunting for sheds and fields. Do you walk trails while you're... Yeah, yeah, I walk trails. And what I'm looking for on a trail is, okay, what's the thickest cover that I can find close to where they're, where they're feeding? Mm-hmm. And that's where they're going to go stay. So um, between the food and the bed, they'll drop them. They'll drop them in the bed. And they'll drop them in the field. A lot of times, if it's a food, if it's a food field and they're coming from everywhere, all different directions, mm-hmm. when this buck steps into the field and he sees another buck that may be a rival, mm-hmm. they'll they'll walk up to each other and push. And that's why you'll find matching sets a lot of times mm-hmm. in a field. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Or if it's a bed, you may find, and, and it's going to be thick. If you get into some really thick cover where they like to bed, saplings, I'm talking thick, you may have to crawl in there. You may find sheds from two or three years prior from the same deer because hmm. that's his spot. That's where he's going to go to hide and to lay down. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this. I had a buddy one time. He shot a buck, really good buck. It was a 200-inch deer. Uh-huh. He shot it with a bow. Couldn't find it, but he hit it really good. It went into a thicket. He trailed it, jumped it, backed out. I helped him look a few days. We didn't find the deer, but he spent 40 days Total looking for this deer, and he found it. He found the deer, and within forty days, he found it. But during that hunt, he looked this thicket over and over and over. He found the sheds from the previous year, and it was the deer sheds. So he he had the sheds, and we thought, okay, you at least have the sheds from the year before. But he kept looking because he knew the deer was probably down, Mm -hmm. and he finally found the rack and the and the skeleton. But uh, he has both of them mounted now. The sheds were at around one seventy five, and. The year he took it was at 203. Wow. Yeah, so it jumped that much in one year. Mm. That's cool. That's impressive. Well, talk about the recent uh, buck that was highlighted at the commission meeting. The buck that was highlighted at the commission meeting was taken by Mr. Charles Strickland. Uh, it was taken here in Davidson County, and it is going. It is our current 
state record archery kill. Now, our archery records are all inclusive, which means crossbow, regular bow, longbow, recurve. They're all in one compound bow. They're all in one category. Um, this one is 192 and 6 eighths is what it grossed. Wow. It was just over an inch larger than the one taken in 1994, I believe, out of Blount County. Uh, so 94 was our current record. Wow. Um, and it was one, 191 and an eighth or something like that. So this one was taken here in Davidson this year. It's a big, massive, typical 10 mm. with a 26 and 2 eighths inch inside spread, <laughs> wide. <laughs> but it's one of those kind of deer that's like a dream deer. Typical 10, gigantic drops on each side that match. Wow. Um, so it was just a neat deer. And he was very gracious enough to come in and let the commission kind of show and highlight what our state's doing. Our state has a really great deer herd. Um, and it seems like every year or so we're adding a new record into some category. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and people complain, or not everybody, but some say, well, I guess they don't have great deer in East Tennessee. That's cool to hear that Blunt County brought a has had a state record, a record since 1994. 94. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it's sat there for a long time. You know, I, I mentioned that our current typical record earlier is a deer from Cumberland County, and it was somewhere around 1958, 1959. It still stands. It's just over 186 inches typical, a typical 10. But that record is still standing, and I would assume within the next few years we'll have a deer surpass that. We had We've had a couple of deer that have been poached in the state, mm -hmm. one this past season that's mm -hmm. probably going to be right at it, and one a few years ago, maybe five years ago or less, that was within an inch of that typical record. So at some point, um, we will see a typical record hit Tennessee for our state. Hmm. I hate – I mean, that's, you can't count those. Those poached deer, they don't count, right? Yeah. 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 I hate but that, it's though. good to show that we can grow that kind of deer, Definitely. though. Yeah. Definitely. Well, let's, you kind of touched on some of the postseason scouting. It's a great time to do that, like when the snow's on the ground. What's some other tips for, for that time of year to scout for the next season? And I wondered even about, like, preparing stands, or do you wait to put stands in later if you're a stand hunter? Uh, it may be a time to, to probably take a stand down okay. and get it, get it ready and, and – a lot of our accidents are because of straps breaking or some type of a mechanical failure. Sure. So it may be a good time to just go spend time in the woods, look for some sheds, scout a little bit, but take a stand down, rework it, take it back home, and just check the bolts, check the hardware, and check the straps. Uh, and then put it back up closer to the time you're going to hunt. Um, and a lot of people leave them out all year long. If you're going to leave them out, make sure to go back and replace the straps. At least do that. Climb it, put new straps on it, at least do that. Yeah. Um, another thing is uh, this time of year, you know, we, we're, we've we bumped our turkey season back a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a good time to kind of scout for turkeys and know what they're doing. And by the time we hit turkey season this year, they're going to be spread out more. They're not going to be in those big flocks, I don't think. Mm -hmm. It depends on how how warm our spring gets, mm -hmm. how early. April 15th. April 15th is this new turkey season opener for the adults and what, the 8th and the 9th mm -hmm. for, the, yeah. for the juvenile hunt? 8th and 9th, April. So you can uh, do some turkey scouting. Uh, I've always looked at the turkey scouting and the deer scouting. Deer want to hide. They want to hide in the woods. They want to be out at dark after dark. They, they know to be nocturnal or to stay away from humans. Most of them do. Mm -hmm. um, so you can't see deer, but as as easily as you can turkeys 
trail cameras will show you a deer at night mm-hmm. or showing up on your property in a field that you haven't seen that deer before. Uh-huh. So during the rut, a buck will show up on a piece of property that you haven't seen him on before or has never shown up before. But the only way you know he's there is because you've got a trail camera out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Turkeys do the exact same thing as those bucks do. The gobblers do the exact same thing, but they're doing it in the daytime. You can see them. Mm-hmm. A turkey will show up in a field that you've never seen one in before during his rut or his breeding season. Right. So you see a bird in the field, I'm like, oh, he's he's showing up from, I don't know where he came from. So I just look at deer and turkeys doing the exact same thing. Turkeys are deer, deer are turkeys. Mm-hmm. They're doing the exact same thing except opposite ends of the year. Think about the big flocks. They'll flock up after the breeding season. The gobblers will all get back together in a group. And when the hens go to lay eggs, they'll find an isolated spot. A doe right. will find an isolated spot to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And eventually the doe and the babies will get together in a group. And the turkeys, the hens, and the poults will all get together in a group. And they almost do it in opposite times of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so just think about that when you're scouting for deer and turkeys. They're doing the same thing except in opposite ends of the year. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm out turkey scouting, I'm I'm looking for the hens. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, if I find if I find a big group of hens and they've been scratching in the woods, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to see gobblers nearby eventually. Um, but you know, I mean, I guess the big thing that, that people really need to know when they're doing this is uh, you can't just shed hunt or go scout anywhere. You got to have you got to have permission. Mm-hmm. But uh, what about our wildlife management areas where we we discussed that a little bit <clears throat> a little bit earlier and uh, wildlife management areas there you can go look for them on the management areas the best thing to do though the management areas are different you know mm-hmm. certain areas you can be on certain areas you can't be on it depends on what the management style the best way to approach a management area is to ask the area area manager mm-hmm. hey i'd like to go shed hunt mm-hmm. where can i go and what areas do i need to stay away from because right. it could they could still be having a um, a youth hunt, a waterfowl youth hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could be having uh, a refuge for waterfowl on that management. So just best is to just ask the area manager, and they'll they'll guide you in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And, and all those numbers are in our hunt guide. I mean, you can find them in there, and uh, they're they're good to get back to you if they don't answer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we got about a few minutes left here. I just I just got to thinking. This has kind of become a. a a seasonal thing. You came in last Huge. year about this time and talked about some of these mm-hmm. same topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have you back the following year and do this again because I'm sure folks have missed the previous shows. But um, talk a little about your season. We haven't reflected on this past deer season. Did you have any luck? My season? Yeah. How uh, was it? I, and Barry's got a quick story too if you want to, if we have time. Well, <laughs> Barry, since I'm a captain now, I, uh, <laughs> what's up, captain? <laughs> I, uh, I didn't hunt as much this year. I did go, um, I did go during the rut quite a bit, um, and I actually had a great opportunity on the last day of the season at oh, wow. a lead pointer, awesome. and I just didn't didn't quite get it done. Oh, it didn't connect. Uh, for, uh, so for me this year, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, one of the first years I've ever not harvested a buck in the state. Wow. Yeah. Well, but I can I wrap mine up real fast. I passed on a six-point. Yeah. <laughs> passed on a six-point for my son. It didn't happen. Barry, tell him about your recurve. I had a recurve hunt with a doe. I killed that doe in about, uh, I harvested that doe in about 30 minutes. And then I uh, went back uh, during gun season with my recurve and harvested a little five-point. First buck 
with recurve. I think that's it cool. It took about 30 minutes, and I told my wife, I was like, I was only in the woods for an hour this year, so it really didn't <laughs> seem like I had a uh, deer season. But oh, it was successful for me, yeah. We did have some really good doe hunts at the end, and, and I've got a lot of meat for the freezer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah. It's always good to put a, a couple deer in the freezer for the yes. year. and uh, It's just uh, it's a good way to have some organic protein. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I appreciate you being here. Yeah. Barry, I, thanks for lining us up. I'm excited about going shed hunting. I'm going to give it another shot because in my past experience, I'm not very good at it, but I know i got to get get out there and get after it to get better. Good way to get and, in shape. Just go walking. Yeah. There you I, go. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be ready for turkey season too. So Perfect. Uh, yep. Turkey season will be here before you know it. We mentioned the dates, but real quick, the youth hunt is April 8th through the 9th, and then the adults can get out there on April 15th through May 28th. So... Thank you guys again. This is Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.